Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hornbill Podcast. Uh, I have a chair today and not a yoga ball, and I'm fucking pumped on that. Um, that doesn't matter, though, because I have Dixon with me from Over the Weather. What's going on, man? What's up? Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, one thing I'm going to throw out right away is uh, you are the drummer of Over the Weather, but you are also the main vocalist of Over the Weather, correct? I, I wouldn't say main. Uh, Julian our guitarist um we share pretty much every song like it's split pretty evenly 50 50 okay and then there's additional stuff done by by chris um who plays bass in the band so the only one that doesn't sing is our other guitarist ryan although we're trying so hard to get him to do it okay (laughs) yeah just a a whole barbershop what quintet at that point of musicians and vocalists i love it um, so I am drumming and singing is not something that's very easy to do. Um, I can do it keeping a straightforward beat. I'm sure others can do that, but there's a lot of intricacies and cool things that you guys do that's not very easy to do. Um, so one way to fucking go because that shit's awesome. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, uh, from autumn to ashes and, um, uh, of jellyfish, uh, both of which have their vocalists as their drummers. So, uh, it's cool to still see that happening. It's rare and few and far in between, but I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely an odd transition. Um, because on, on our first project, like I, I didn't do that <laughs> pretty much at all. So, uh, we just, we sort of had to change up the vocals because of, uh, a member not being a part of the band anymore. So we just kind of made it work and, okay. um, I'm pretty happy with how everything turned out, you know? Gotcha. So, so when did you switch this vocal style? Was it between the first and second album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause there, it, it's a pretty major difference in how you guys sound not just vocals but oh, yeah. how the sound of the band has evolved between those two albums Definitely. Uh, so I'll just kind of run through it So the, the first album it's called Old Room uh, and this is more I, it, the way I hear it, it it's, it's very movements and moose bloody uh, it's that very not tra- traditional alternative rock emo style, um, yeah. and then uh, party socks, which is the most recent album, is I get a lot of uh, teenage wrist and um, hum. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, but when they do yeah. heavier, weirder parts like that, sounds pretty uh, in line with you guys and. Uh, both are tremendous in their own right, um, and they're, it, it's just very different and cool that you guys are a, one band doing both of those things. So, um, Yeah. yeah, yeah that, I, I love Hum. That's that's a major, major compliment, so thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Legendary. Huh, yeah. Uh, you'd Prefer an Astronaut is, uh, I mean, top mm-hmm. tier for me. That yeah. album, uh, yeah, uh, otherworldly. Um so uh, jump into Old Room a bit. Um, talk to me about it. Um, I, I know there's a couple of singles off of that album, mainly Green Tree. 
yeah, Green Tree and then Box Fan was the other big single because we have we have a music video. That was our first music video was Box Fan. Um, I don't know, like Old Room is still. I love that record. You know, it's um, really good. Yeah, I, I love that record. Obviously, when we perform any of the songs off of it now, it sounds different because sure. it is Julian and I that that handle the vocals. Um, and there there are a couple songs off of that record that we just we won't touch live now because they were songs that Brandon, our, our previous guitarist, wrote, and they were very personal. Sure. Um, and like a lot of the songs on that album are just super cathartic. Um, and I, you know, we, we wouldn't want to touch, you know, any of, of his work that is so emotional and so close to him. But, you know, even though we weren't singing on that record, we wrote a lot of the lyrics. And so a lot of the songs that we still play off of old room are, are stuff that we helped write and stuff like that. Cool. So box fan like that, you know, we wrote a lot of the, the lyrics on that guy. And you know we're we're good with Brandon. Everything is everything is fine. So, um, you know, but I I still love that record. It was very much what I needed at the time to like, you know, as somebody who was unmedicated and and not into therapy yet. I think it really helped me move forward with my mental health. You know, getting a lot of my thoughts and feelings on paper and then into a song. It was just it was what I needed at that moment. Uh, and it's very different from, from party socks because at that time I was in a much worse place and, you know, the, the lyrical content, and I'd say even some of the musical content, uh, I think reflects that pretty obviously. So I resonate with that so deeply. Um, our first album is very similar. Um, we I, we rushed to get it out too, and that kind of helped with the way it sounds. But um, it was a very it, it it was only cathartic at that point in time. And then when people decided that they resonated with it, like that's when Hornbill became more than just I'm dealing with so much shit. Let's find a way to get it out. Um, yeah. So, I get that uh, you saying that puts that album a bit more into perspective because I, I get that vibe. It's a very uh, emo album, yeah. um, and it, it's it's heavy, um, and that, that makes sense. So yes, I, I resonate with that. Um, I'm glad that your mental health has uh, progressed, and. Um, yeah, thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, it, it's 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 evident on party socks um, that things. I don't know. It, it's a it's a more raw and heavier album, um, and obviously that goes because of the lineup change and uh, yeah. who's putting creative input into it, but. Um, you can tell there's a difference there and I, it's very cool. Um, so older room, uh, you mentioned that you play some of the songs live. Uh, obviously they sound different because of who's playing them. Have you gone back and have you reworked any of these songs? Do they flow any differently? Uh, we haven't, we've, we've definitely thought about it. 
so for right now any of the ones like you know it's the big ones off that record that we still play so like box fan green tree um we'll still play that one um dad hat those are like the main ones that we'll still play practice and and stuff like that and for the most part like the structures of the songs have remained the same i'm sure there's a different flow i don't know if we notice it when we play um but i'm sure just because different people are singing it it's probably pretty different you know and we've we've played some of them in live sessions but they were real early on um into the lineup change like probably before party socks was out i'm pretty sure we cool. we did a couple of live sessions um like during quarantine where we played a couple of those songs so cool um so my favorite on that first album is probably one of the more uh super personal and emotional songs uh couch surfing yeah i am a sucker for just clean ambient guitar and somebody I don't know just going to fucking town on <laughs> what what it is that they're just trying to get across and it's I, I'm assuming that's not a real um, voicemail that was left or was it uh, so that one it's unfortunate because we have a voicemail that was like super duper like it was basically the same thing and it's our friend charlotte and it was on my old phone and like we had planned to use it and everything and i never exported the mp3 and then my old phone shit the bed so we had to have charlotte call me on like one of our drunken nights or something to try and recreate it um but yeah, I mean it's it's pretty close to <laughs> okay to what the original voicemail was. Yeah. So I, I thought that it was a more metaphorical approach to that whole situation, but the fact that it happened, I, I mean yeah. that's I get it. That's intense. Yeah. Um, and a little weird to have <laughs> her yeah. recreate it. I, I felt bad. I was like, bro, I'm so sorry. But, you know, like... Yeah, can you tap into that one-time thing, please, one more time? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, she did. Bless her heart. So <laughs> It sounds really great. Um, yeah, that's sick. Uh, yeah, and then, so, uh, Party Socks. Party Socks came out the beginning of this year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got. You might have to correct me here, but is it just Tom featuring Tom, or is it Tom, and there's actually a guy named Tom being featured on it? Uh, kind of both. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, kind of both, because it, it just started as as Tom, was just the name of the song, and it's it, Tom is like our best friend. Okay. Um, but then we completely self recorded party socks. Um, cool. Yeah, or yeah, our our guitarist Julian, the other vocalist, he owns and operates a studio here in Pittsburgh. Um, which, funny enough, it's called the Old Room. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, and uh, we just had a bunch of different friends who were you know musically inclined and wanted to feature and everything come in and yell a couple of lines, and so their parts on Tom where Tom sings. So we thought it would be really okay. funny to have it be called Tom featuring Tom. So he wasn't originally going to be on there, but you know, he came through and, and did some guest vocals. So and it makes the name funnier. 
it does definitely make it I, that context mm-hmm. makes it I don't just that much better because it's a funny yeah. name as it is and no I dig it um, and it's a fucking sick song by the way too thank um, you I think I have it actually I'm gonna pull it up real quick so we can kind of go over it um, let me know if you can hear that yeah, it might be faint but okay So, this video came out in April for this song, obviously. Uh Um, I'm going to turn it down just a hair. Bro, I love how much you guys skate. Um, It's just me that skates. Is it just you? Okay. just me, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty solid, too. I see you post things. I mean, it's shit that I can't even comprehend, so... um, Ryan and I, uh, he skates. He, he's nothing uh, crazy or anything. He goes around and just kind of cruises. Um, but Tony Hawk in the, uh, the what is it, the Street League series? It came to Salt Lake two weeks yeah. ago, and we went, and we went and saw those guys and girls rip it up. And, oh, that's um, so sick. To see Tony Hawk and, like, Andy McDonald yeah. and... Um, Fuck Steve Caballero and all like just yeah. those old original Vert guys like killing it still in their fifties and sixties. Like I saw I saw that clip of Cab doing like his first full cab in like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, absolutely nuts. So I I have a soft spot for that. So I love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, this video is awesome. It's just you guys doing shit, just videos yeah. over time. That's what like we wanted. We wanted a music video um, to accompany the release, but like we're also poor, <laughs> you know. It's like I didn't have a job through COVID, so we decided to just take like phone clips from throughout the years that are funny and mash them up and just film ourselves here in the studio with our phones for a couple of playthroughs to like bring it together a little bit. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, we just edited everything ourselves, and yeah, easy peasy. Dude, that's a, uh, so that's a video that Ryan and I are going to be doing for one of the, the new uh, songs on the album when it comes out. And uh, I, this shit is done over and over again, but it's always an incredible video to watch. It's always fun. Um, it, it's, it's an insight to... Who who is playing this music and like mm-hmm. the fun that you guys have, and like it, it's done a million times, but it's always incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people do it, but it's because it it works and like it makes a good video. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's wonderful. So I'm assuming this part has Tom in it. He's just yelling here. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, I mean, when you have that many layered vocals, it's hard to pick anything out. But yeah, he's like all throughout the the song, and he's I, on I just, other songs on Party Socks too. Love it. Yeah, good fucking song. Um, God, that whole record is awesome. Um, Thank you. Like, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for hum. So hearing those weird, just gr- neat chordy progressions, like. I don't know, I just vibe with it. It's cool. 
Um, what are you guys working on? I know an album just came out, obviously, but um, anything in the works? Uh, yeah, we have um, a new music video. I won't say for what song yet, okay. but uh, we have a really, really cool video we just got our first raw cut back for. Sick. So that'll be coming super soon. And then, I mean, we have a bunch of songs ready to go. Uh, so we just have to decide what we want to do next. I think we're looking to do a split with another band from uh, from Pittsburgh here. So cool. hopefully that'll be coming together pretty soon. Um, and then we organized a cover compilation. Uh, that should be coming out hopefully within the next couple of months here okay. uh, to benefit No More Dysphoria. So Sick. Yeah, we're just waiting on some, some cover art and just a... Uh, a few covers left to go here and, and we'll be good to go on that. So that'll be coming out pretty soon too. A lot of really cool people we got to work with and it was a ton of fun. So any theme there? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, we decided to do a modern baseball cover compilation. Okay. So Twitter is going to have a field day with that one. They will. (laughs) It's all the modern baseball discourse. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean all the covers are super sick like Love everybody it. killed it so we're I'm just excited to to get it out and like I said we are going to be donating any and all profits to no more dysphoria so I'm hoping even if there is some discourse <laughs> on Twitter that it'll uh, maybe drum up some money for a good cause I hope so that would be sick I've been yeah. uh, I've been thinking about doing that and doing like a, a, a grunge type uh, yeah. cover comp and just having everybody I don't know just a bunch of people whether it's people who have been on the podcast or uh, just open it up to Twitter or whatever sure. I think that would be cool and um, the Trevor project is close to my heart and I would love yeah. to that um, was one that we we have a discord with with everybody um, so that we can discuss you know all sorts of stuff with the comp and awesome. that was one of the names that was thrown around when we were discussing what charity we wanted to do as well because they do a lot of great work um but yeah you totally should it, it wasn't super duper difficult to like you know get everybody together in a discord server and just yeah. say pick a song and then here's your deadline and you know if you need anything let me know it was it was pretty great and i just reached out to a, a bunch of the bands in the scene that like I thought sounded really good and that, you know, had interacted at one point or another with us on Twitter. And that was it. It was just like all the Twitter friends that I had made that I thought would be down. I just hit them up and it was, it was great. Love it. Dude, yeah. So I see all the discourse on, uh, modern baseball, but, and I hope I'm not crucified for this, but I have never listened to them. Um, and I have not listened to them because of what I see. I don't. I just want to sit on the fence in my happy own little world and not be pulled to either side. Either side, yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's fair. I I love modern baseball. I, I was super into modern baseball when when they were still around. I got to go see them a couple of times. Like they were one of my favorite revival bands that that really got me into the genre at the time you know, like late into my high school years. Um, so I, I still love their records, but you know, I honestly, like I can understand people who 
who dislike modern baseball, especially for the vocals. Like I, I can, I can get it. Um, but then I see a lot of love for Slaughter Beach Dog on the timeline too, and that's just one half of modern baseball, basically. Okay. With with some added people, so, and I love Slaughter Beach Dog too. Maybe I'm just gonna pull the the trigger and listen to both <laughs> now because I don't know. I'm too invested at this point. I have to choose a side. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've I've thought about it. Um. I wasn't. It just seemed like a huge undertaking but if it doesn't seem like it might be that bad so no I mean we you know we even because Julian runs the studio like we offered up services to everybody like if you need stuff mixed or mastered or whatever like we will do it for free totally just send us stems and all that stuff and honestly like I think a lot of the people that agreed to be on the comp just had the ability to record themselves really well because a lot of the covers sound fantastic and they didn't have to utilize our services or anything so it was pretty much just pick a song and help us decide what charity to do and give some input on the the artwork for the the comp and that was it cool um yeah so we have this studio behind me here um Mm -hmm. it's it's in my garage and the the ability that everybody has to record and put out a good sounding product nowadays um it's fucking awesome yeah and i i love it that said i'm (laughs) i'm doing the same shit and i'm offering services like if you if you're if you're listening to this and you might not know what's going on like reach out to us I'm happy to do like a test mix for you for free and show you what if anything help you get to where you want to be um, so you can be self-sufficient with it Um, because I mean shit interfaces are like not even a hundred bucks now and you just plug your fucking guitar in you can do an amp sim for another 50 to a hundred bucks and you, you just you have your own band in a yeah. very short amount of time so um but yeah I, everybody is putting out incredible music and yeah. it's it's so cool to see um for sure i mean speaking of which you just had your song drop and and the did. nice little live video in the yeah. studio behind you that was so sick i loved it Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was so. Uh, th- this is the perfect segue into the uh, the For Us Fest. Um, cool. Both of us played that in June, July, it, July, um, July. The end of July, yeah. beginning of August. Um, yeah. And uh, that's how I'm pretty positive. That's how we found you guys. Um, and probably did you did you play the one last year too? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Okay. No. Well, and I, so, I think I, I think initially we started interacting through CloudSurf, right? Oh, maybe that's right too. Because yeah, I mean it was an amalgamation of both, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, first off, uh, huge shout out to For Us and CloudSurf. Um, For sure, they're doing wonderful things with, I, I mean, all the wonderful bands around, um, and they kind of. I mean, it, I don't know if Jake helped put this thing together but uh for us fest was this virtual minecraft um server live set thing um 
and it was it ended up being super fucking cool uh, and it was like a three day little festival and uh, there was just a ton of fucking bands on it and everybody yeah. had an awesome set and it was just super cool um, so going back to our live stream and that uh, when we were initially asked to do this um, I didn't know that it was a Minecraft thing and I just saw live stream live set so I was yeah. like alright fuck let's go so I, I got my videographer buddy um, and <laughs> his fiance who is a incredible photographer and um, I was just like is there any chance that you would want to do some like musical stuff and like before I could finish that sentence they were like yes absolutely so we filmed the set we we, uh, we recorded it uh, visually and um, uh, recorded the audio and we did a whole freaking thing and uh, it was super cool, and then when it came time to submit our stuff, I was just like, hey, I'm waiting another day or two on the video, and they are like, what do you mean video? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> so, um, it, yeah, it turned into two little things, and it honestly kind of worked out perfect, because uh, yeah. the, the fest ended up being super cool. We got a, we had a bunch of people listen to us, and a, a lot of new fans, which yeah. I'm very grateful for. Um, and I, I can imagine that everybody else on there, um, whether it was just band support or the people who tuned in, uh, there's a lot more followers for everybody and a lot more people listening to music because, God, everybody on there was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that, it was stacked. It was a stacked lineup. Um, you guys did a cool acoustic set for it. Um, yeah. I'm, so, I don't know. When it comes to bigger bands and they do acoustic sets of songs that aren't typically acoustic I'm like eh, okay but because I was just getting into you guys and I wasn't so familiar with Party Socks and Old Room and you're playing these songs acoustically I was like okay I can kind of get into this and then I don't, it was it's cool to hear people's renditions of similar songs in different fashions and I dig that when I guess if if I'm if if I'm not super familiar with it, it's easier for me to get behind an acoustic yeah. set because you don't have like the the song already in your head. Maybe you know that's like stuff that's different or whatever. Yeah, we I don't know. We did an acoustic version of Green Tree. Like that's something that we did because we were able to in the studio to sort of like have something out in between old room and party socks just to like try to keep some activity and be able to drop something sure and then we actually before we even did our acoustic set for uh for us like we recorded an acoustic version of community day just because we wanted to like sit on it and have it and we thought that sure. song translated well cool and then we did the acoustic set so we actually have on top of the acoustic set being out on Bandcamp right now we also have an acoustic version of Community Day dropping in like five days. Like okay. it, I think it comes out for like streaming services and stuff. Five days. We're just gonna go ahead and drop it and be like, "There you go. Here's a really nice like mixed and mastered uh, acoustic version of the song." So I'm excited for that to be out too. Very cool. I know. I think I'm just a psycho when it comes to it. Um, a lot of, so many people want acoustic versions of songs and love just acoustic music, but that's, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's not my thing, but um, 
yeah, it, it was cool to hear a song that I heard once or twice the yeah. real way, and then to hear it acoustically, I was like, okay, I can get behind this. I don't know it that well, and it's, I don't know, it it was cool to hear. Yeah, and to be honest, like we kind of just wanted to do something a little bit different because we we also were a part of Good Noise Fest this year, so we did a whole video and live set for for that. Um, and those two fests were relatively close together. You yeah. know, I think Good Noise was right at the end of June, and then it was like a month later, and it was yep. for us that streamed. So we were just like, oh, we don't want to do just a straightforward live set. We would want to change it up. Um, and so we just, yeah, we got together a couple days a week and, and figured out how to make those songs sound okay as acoustic renditions and uh yeah i was happy with how it turned out i think a lot of the stuff sounds better than i thought it would to be honest <laughs> Cause cool. going into it a couple of the songs i was like i don't i don't know how that's gonna go yeah without so, you know loud guitars <laughs> so that's kind of a similar version for our set was um so hornbill is just ryan and i and yeah. i really really wanted to do a live set for this and I was just like I don't know how to really do this without working a little bit of studio magic but uh-huh. also going full fucking over the top because that's what Hornbill is is it's lots of layers and lots of different yeah. amalgamations of a bunch of different shit and um, I just figured let's do the raw a raw guitar track um, I'll sing while playing guitar, and then I'll also do a take just singing uh, while Ryan plays the drums with me with the, on the, the guitar track. And then I went in afterwards and did a bass track. So um, that whole set is a guitar, a bass, technically two vocal tracks, and then drums. And it turned out so much better than I thought it was going yeah. to sound. Um that's pre- I mean I I wouldn't have guessed that having watched it really <laughs> like yeah really I would think that there was a little bit more because it sounds great like okay well it that makes me happy <laughs> so good yeah like it sounds really really good okay I guess it's like one guitar track one bit I wouldn't have thought that now yeah I I didn't want it to come across phony um, I get it because it's like a live set. Because it, yeah, it's just yeah. the two of us, and uh, I mean, it, it's already phony with uh, a four-track, so um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm glad it sounds good. Uh, you thought so, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we were pretty uh, pumped on that, and then um, yeah, the, the new song came out on Friday, and uh-huh. that was the last song in the, uh, the end of the live stream. And that so we almost just released the 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 live version of it because there's an energy doing it live that yeah sure the recording doesn't quite sometimes get. it's just yeah sometimes it's just hard to capture that you know um but yeah both sound good um thank you for listening and sharing that shit too because we had a bit of a, a, a hiccup with fucking Instagram and all that dumb shit I so, saw that I did see that yeah um it's just weird uh it's but bullshit <laughs> it's some internet bullshit 
it's one thing like okay you didn't want to go through with us paying you to promote this thing which is the first time that we were ever going to do that mm-hmm. and uh, that's fine but for our normal reach to be I don't know a good few hundred people and then to reach literally 30 people within the first yeah. like day of us posting that was nuts so yeah, they just uh, it sounds like they just shadow banned you on that post like it's it was just like we don't like what's coming out here so we're gonna shove that in the back and very few people were gonna see it yeah see yeah I don't know if that's a real th- I'm assuming it's a real thing because it happened but like oh, yeah yeah that happens to people all the time because so Friday Friday when we put it out we were like there's no way that this is like maybe it's just not doing that well nobody's on fucking Instagram or anything and then yeah and then Twitter it took off for a little bit and I was like okay there has to be something fucking yeah. at play I thought it was just like a conspiracy thing but no it's it's the algorithms they do that they do <laughs> oh. you know and it's they they can they can bury content you know, if, if it's not something that they want to be promoted on their platform, YouTube does it all the time. Instagram and Facebook are infamous for it. I mean, in, in Twitter, I don't think it really happens too much on Twitter. Like Twitter has its own separate set of problems as a platform, <laughs> but <laughs> it, I don't, I don't think shadow banning is something that, that happens on Twitter. Or if it does, I just haven't really seen it happen. I don't think it's the, so I know when you post media or links that it tends oh, to yeah. it not perform as well. But as far as content is concerned, I don't think that plays into whatever their algorithm is. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think it's more just based on like the interaction with the post than the the content of the post most times. Um, but I know, yeah, like links and all that stuff. If if it's anything that is going to take somebody off of Twitter, yeah, then they you know it just doesn't do well they don't show it on people's timelines as much yeah yeah it, it makes me think so the the album art for the single was um it's like a black lives matter two d- uh, different photos of the same protest in baltimore that mm-hmm. ryan took and um i don't know if whatever intelligent thing screened a fucking hashtag black lives matter or blm thing in whatever I don't know if it was the album art or if it was the song itself, um, or the caption for the post. I don't fucking know. Regret. It, it turned out okay. Um, yeah. It got to who it needed to get to, I suppose, and uh, hopefully it keeps spreading a bit. But yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it, it means a lot that um, you guys posted and shared it because it just oh, yeah. didn't make the rounds that day. So. Um, but yeah, Forest Fest was sick. Um, you do, you guys did do the Good Noise Fest as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, over the weather. Uh, Pittsburgh based. Uh, I, I saw you guys at uh, what PNC Park the other night. Um, yeah, yeah, are, 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 like you middle big baseball July. guys. Actually, you know what's funny? That game was the same day as our set that streamed on, on for for us like it oh was, really first yeah okay so we were all we had a banner made up that was like you know twitch.tv slash for us fest and all that stuff 
Um, but I think by the time we got into the stadium, like the the sets had already ended for the day and all that everything. Okay. But yeah, it was it was free Hawaiian shirt night. So like, sick. Yeah, we got a group of like twelve friends or something like that, and we all went and had a good time before and walked around the city a little bit afterwards. It was great. It was a fun time. Cool. Are you guys big sports guys? I'm not really. Um, and our bass player, Chris, really isn't either. But, but Julian and, and Ryan get pretty into football and hockey are like their big ones. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I won't bore you getting into sports stuff then. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I have... Uh, played on PNC field before um, through a Babe Ruth league when I lived in PA so um, it was like one of the first years uh, it was either the first year or the year after PNC opened in like early 2000 so um, yeah Shinfo Um, okay cool but that's over the weather Uh, let's get into some questions and advice if you're cool with that yeah Cool with that. First thing I have, uh, where is the place that you want to visit before you die? Mm, That is a good question. I think I would love to go to, like, Argentina. I think going to Argentina would be super cool and, like, seeing some waterfalls or something. Argentina is South America, right? Yeah, or no, isn't Argentina? Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't even know. Let's see, I look <laughs> this shit up. I know it's mostly um, like rainforest and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. It has to be freaking South America, then. Yeah, South America. It is almost at the bottom. Sick. Yeah, I want to go there. I want to go there and see some some cool water features and and jungle that would be pretty sick um the place I want to go I don't know if it's a place you can go but there is an island that's off the coast of New Zealand and it's called Disappointment Island and I want to go there I'm not sure if it's like accessible to humans I know it's just like a small island that like birds go to and shit that's pretty (laughs) sick like (laughs) It, it is called Disappointment Island, and I do want to go there. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, uh, it just looks cool. Um, cool, thank you for that question. Next one. Do you believe in ghosts? No, I vehemently do not believe in ghosts. I get into this argument with our friends all the time. <laughs> so I'm like the only person in our, like, li- our whole group that is like, no, ghosts are are bullshit. I don't believe in ghosts. (laughs) So what is, I I guess, what is the, what is the, what's your stance there then? I just think that, like, everything that somebody has been like, oh, shit, that was a ghost. Like, there was a, a bump in the night, and there was this weird sound and all that. It's like, there's a million other things that it would be way more plausible for everything that's ever been pinned on ghosts to be than a ghost, you know, like, yeah. What are the chances that humankind has gone through all these years and never once had any definitive 
like fucking ghost. Dude, that's how I feel about like fucking Sasquatch and um, yeah, yeah, like no, yeah, like cryptozoology and cryptids. Like it's really fun to read about and like watch like Monster Hunt or whatever that show was that was. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Like that was super cool, but realistically speaking, like if there was a giant ape man roaming around the entire country, like we would have some sort of definitive thing to point to some sort of definitive evidence. And that's how I feel about ghosts too. I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible that there's ghosts. I would say it's implausible. Like the chances that there's some sort of spirit, whatever. And I guess it has a lot to do with like how I feel about death and what my faith is and stuff like that too. But like, it's just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. So, I'm almost right there with you. Uh, I don't believe in a in a ghost. I don't think that there's a fucking spooky guy who's either <laughs> he's a shadow guy and he's walking and freaking through a, a, a mental hospital or something in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. at dark. Or like, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that there's a flowy white spirit. Uh, ectoplasmic freaking guy who's a ghost. <laughs> Um, but energy and like how we're all, I don't know, atoms at the end of the day. Um, and we can get feelings and, uh, see things, I guess at times or hear things like, I think if that's ultimately our flaw is humans, right? Is we, we're, we're able to have, uh, like, substance to our cognition so um we're able to think too much into it so exactly it's fucking stupid but i do think think, i just think humans really like to figure out a nice way to explain like what happens after you die you know what i mean and i think that ghosts are just another one of those where it's like well sometimes you get trapped here on earth and you gotta like tell people stuff and move around houses <laughs> yeah not until you get peace can you can your your soul yeah, rest yeah, yeah. and oh exactly. my god no fuck that um, <laughs> you die and your body rots like that's it um, yeah. you I personally am one that believes you're you're made up of energy and uh, you you turn back into matter and you're body ends up becoming part of the earth again and then the earth throws you back out into it somehow some way shape or form Mm -hmm. and i feel that i I don't know there's so many unknown fucking things with our brains that like there's no way that there's no there's just no way that that happens and yeah I, i don't know uh, we're able to think too much, and that's my answer to that. There's no yeah. fucking ghosts. I'm with that. I'm with that. <laughs> um, yeah, good one. Also, if you're a grown-ass adult and you're chasing a fucking Sam Squanch, like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, un- people, people can unless do whatever you- they want to with their time, but, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Let, me, let me say, you should not define yourself by the search for Sasquatch or Chupacabra or 
um, freaking Loch Ness monster or something like that. Like how people people who drink too much coffee and they're like, oh, can't function without my coffee. Like if you can't function without searching for fucking Sasquatch, <laughs> like <laughs> people who are addicted to searching for cryptids. Yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if if it, if it becomes your identity, it's too much. But I guess that's yeah. with anything. So everything, yeah. That's, uh, that's just yeah. somebody who's not a well-rounded person. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for that question. Uh, this one. <clears throat> sorry. What is your writing process, and are you completely screwed up if something causes that process to change? Um, I don't know. I guess our writing process, at least for, you know, the musical components, it's just kind of like if we're at practice and we're in a mood, it's usually me that initiates it. I'll just be like, all right, who's got a riff? And then somebody riffs and uh, I start playing the drums and hopefully it just goes from there. Like we don't really sit down and go like, all right, you know, I have a whole song written or like. I have this or that, like, it's just one part, and then we all just sort of noodle around until we get to something we like, and then we move forward from there. Um, and then lyrically, it's kind of the same. Like, we all just sort of sit in a circle, and somebody comes up with the first line, and then we all brainstorm. Really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It'll be See, like, m- it, music- it's not line by line, but it'll be like sections, you know what I mean? Okay. So musically, I get that approach, but lyrically, that's super interesting to me. Because, mm-hmm. um, t- I mean, in my experience, lyrics have always been whoever's singing. Um, yeah. I guess that's not true either, because I've written lyrics for guitars that I've just played guitar for. But um, I guess coming up with lyrics and that being such a collaborative process is definitely interesting to me. Yeah, well, I mean, because we share vocals so much... That's true we kind of just sit down with a song that we have finished musically. Um, and because we have the studio, like we'll demo out new songs and stuff before we go to actually record them. Cool. And then we'll sit with it. And when, when it's time, when we decide we want to write lyrics to a song, we'll just sit down and say, okay, what, what do we want this song to like thematically be about or feel like and stuff like that and everybody will just kind of start you know one-liners or whatever on their phones and then you know a lot of the times it's not line by line it's more like pieces for certain sections and stuff yeah exactly and we all just try to kind of make it mesh and you know rework and and make it all come together and that's pretty much how everything on party socks was done see i love that that's super cool I would be willing to bet that that's not a very common thing for such a collaborative lyrical process. Like, that's super neat, and I honestly never have thought about that before. Honestly, I feel like it kind of happened out of necessity almost, because, again, like our previous vocalist, Brandon, he was... Like, Old Room was the first... We had been playing with him since we were all in high school and stuff. Like, we had another band back in the day. And he was, like, the sh- strictly the only person that did the songwriting then. Okay. So, like, Old Room was the first time that any of us had even really 
contributed to the lyrical content of the songs. Um, and we liked it. And then when Brandon wasn't in the band anymore, it was kind of a necessity. Like none of us had ever sit, sat down and written an entire song by ourselves. Like gotcha. that's not something that we had ever done. So we just sort of like pieced it all together and learned how to collaborate on lyrics and it works for us still. Like that's that's still how we write lyrics. I don't think anybody has ever really written a whole song by themselves now. Like we just have pieces and sometimes like I'll be writing for a song and I'll intentionally stop if I'm by myself cuz I'm like this can be the first piece and then I want to see what we can all come up with together. Okay. Um, and it works out pretty well for us. Yeah, I love that. That's super neat. Um, I would say our process is the exact opposite of that. Um, I, so there have been a, a couple of songs on this new album are songs that I've written lyrics first and then wrote the music according to those lyrics. Um, but the majority of everything I've ever written has been music first uh-huh. and then like I'll write a song or uh, or just a poem or just write anything down separately outside oh shit outside of writing music and I'll bring that stuff to a finished musical song and yeah. fit and uh, maneuver those writings to um, those actual songs um, and then the actual process for writing is I, I'm kind of a diva and I do everything myself and then I I throw it to Ryan when I have it, and he's so good at honing in, um, just kind of bringing me back down to earth, honestly, um, yeah. and saying what works well, what doesn't work, here's what I would do differently, here's what we should do, um, here's what's there and it doesn't work, um, and then it's just kind of back and forth until we have a, a good product. Um, so yeah, it, it is collaborative, but in a very different way. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. I dig it. Yeah. it's. Uh, I enjoy the the process and that, that same sort of thing that you said about Ryan and, and how good he is at like honing in on, on what doesn't work or, or what does work. That's like Chris, our, our bass player Chris that's that's what he is like Chris is very detail oriented um, sometimes like frustratingly so <laughs> so like <laughs> I see they're the same person yeah so it's like whenever we have a lyric and he's like could this be you know A instead of whatever like yeah. the real small stuff um, which is something we never had before because this came along to to help us fill the void after we parted ways with brandon um so and that was before party socks too so like that was a learning curve but it's very much needed and i think that it's it's helped us quite a bit and like making everything flow and everything fit and just everything being cohesive Um, i would say everything on party socks is definitely more dynamic um Mm -hmm. it's it's refined but it's it has a lot more going on um yeah oh which, for sure it, it's it's a great combination to have that coming from an old 
not an old album, but um, your previous album um, to advance but still add things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's pretty cool, and not a lot of people can do that, especially, God, with new, um, like you said, a, the, the learning curve for new members yeah. and a new writing process. So, I don't know. It yeah, worked I mean, out I very think- well. I think a lot of it is really just because we were able to record everything ourselves. Like we were able to take as much time as we wanted, you know, and we weren't worrying about, you know, how much we were paying and, and, you know, wasting the time in the studio. Um, you know, cause a lot of it, it was like, you know, with old room and everything that we had done previous to that, um, with other bands and stuff, it was just like, you know, we got to go up to the studio, get bare bones, everything done. And then we have to decide, like, if we want to pay to go and do all of this extra stuff. Yeah. Whereas now it was like, you know, I, I went before we recorded everything for party stocks. I went and spent $200 on like auxiliary percussion. So like a bunch of different tambourines and shakers. And nice. Like uh, there's a there's a vibra slap on party socks. Like what the is title a vibra track. slap? So a vibra slap is like it's that percussion instrument that you kind of hear in like westerns, where it almost sounds like a snake rattle. Okay. And that's like an actual instrument. It's um, like a piece of wood that's almost shaped like a bell, with little bits of metal that that line the inside, and then there's a, a piece of steel that comes up and forms another handle with a wooden ball on the end. Okay. And you slap the wooden ball and it vibrates the whole thing and it makes that sound and it like huh. sustains. So I went and we bought a vibra slap for one part. Like we got to do just a bunch of really fun stuff, especially with the percussion and then with like group vocals and doing all the vocals because we had so much time to experiment. See, I'd say. And do a bunch of harmonies. Like, yeah, it was just, if you're not able, I would say to a lot of bands, like, try to record yourselves yeah like it's it's so much nicer it really is not you know i like being in the studio um and like i i had been recording studio drums and stuff since i was like 13 or 14 so like i was used to it but getting to have it be like totally on your terms and take your time and do whatever you want to do it's like the best thing so if you're able to in any capacity i would because it's it's great so there, there's two sides to that coin. Um, it's very freeing being able to do everything yourself. And the obviously time is of no essence at that point, And it helps tremendously to, um, to sit on things and wait to see how they develop with how you develop in time. Cause we're constantly changing and evolving and, um, a recording stays the same, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it that has been incredibly helpful for us. Um, just not not having to one rush ourselves or feel like we we have to have something set in stone in order to have it recorded. We can bring multiple things to the plate yeah. at multiple different times, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, yep. And then there's the other side of that coin where it's all on you. 
and uh-huh. <laughs> it's so daunting. I mean, um, bless Julian's heart because, like, he he engineered pretty much the whole thing. Um, he's taught us now how to do like the basic stuff so that awesome. he doesn't have to be the only one you know, like we, could, we could go and set up a loop and say here's your first take here's your second take oh you know all the shit sure. so but at first yeah i mean bless his heart um and like the other danger i think with recording yourself is that you know sometimes it can be really really helpful to have another set of ears oh absolutely biased so like with party socks we still we outsourced for like mixing and mastering Right. So we had we had Jake Checkaway do the mixing, which they did a fantastic job. And then we had uh, Jesse Cannon from Found Foundation did all the mastering. And both of those processes brought out things in the songs that like we weren't even aware were really present. You know what I sure. mean? Like it was different, but in a really, really good way. And I don't think that we would have heard it if we had done all of that ourselves. But that being said, I think our next projects um, coming up, I think I think Julian is going to be mixing and mastering those as well. He was <laughs> he wasn't super into that idea at first, and then he was like, oh, you know what? Like, I think I can do a really good job," um, which I think he can too. I think he's a phenomenal engineer, on top of being a phenomenal a phenomenal. Uh, musician like he's he's just awesome such a talented person um so we'll see how that goes for us too because that'll be a whole nother yeah <laughs> to work into the machine but so uh, that that person that you're describing in julian that that is ryan to me to us um yeah. and um the amount that we have learned in the last year and a half, two years for um, engineering and stuff like that has been awesome. Um, and Ryan is just, he's a fucking wizard when it comes to it. So um, I was kind of dead set on outsourcing our mixing and mastering. One, so we weren't so close to it. And yeah. we didn't have to worry about not hearing those certain things, you know, that somebody else with different ears can hear um and it was a lot off of our plate once we finally got everything recorded um but i think we are going to do it all ourselves um because it's just sounding too fucking good and we have control over everything then and that's both of our personalities to a t is (laughs) we just want to be able to control every little facet of everything um but it is daunting. It is exhausting. Uh, but it's 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 freeing. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um. I yeah. If you can record yourself, do it by all means. Um, For sure. Yeah. Or you know, even if it's, I I don't know. I would I would even say that that should take precedent over, you know, how good it sounds. At least at first, like just being able to experience that sort of freedom where you can just try stuff out to oh, see yeah. if it works like that can help define what your musical project sounds like you 100%. know what I mean so just yeah if, if you're able to at any capacity you know even if it's like fucking phone recordings and then you go in and you splice whatever samples or you know a synth track shit like that like just try stuff out honestly 
yeah it's it's so nice to be able to just experiment with your music and, and find things that sound good that you wouldn't have known about otherwise you know unless you had sat down with the sole intent of experimenting with it yeah agreed very well said um, yeah thank you for that question that was a good one Love one. Um, All right, so that's questions and advice. Let's go into segment. Um, This fucking rules. What has been killing it for you lately, Dixon? Uh, I don't know. For me personally, I'm I'm super hyped because I'm going to be moving out um, for like the first time ever. Nice. So that's like the beginning of October. I'll be doing that. So you know. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a lot less nervous than I thought I'd be. And maybe that will change the closer I come to that. But I'm just really, really excited to, to get to live with like two of my best friends. And, um, you know, one of which is also my partner. So it's just like exciting and, and sort of scary. Awesome. But, uh, that's, what's killing it for me personally. As far as the band goes, I mean, we're just writing and, you know, we uh, we got some hats and koozies made, so that's pretty sick. I saw the little Bandcamp uh, yeah. package. That's pretty sick. I was I was hyped on those. Um, yeah, that that's about it at the at the moment. But we have some we have some cool stuff coming that I just can't talk about yet. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my this fucking rules is uh, finding a killer deal on. Uh, anything really but specifically musical equipment um i found a black star amp one of the the old uh tube metal versions the ht 100 for a pretty good fucking deal and it sounds awesome and uh i don't know if it's going to take me away from my orange because i love it too much but um it sounds really good and i might just refinish it and sell it like i've been doing but um, yeah Finding a good deal on shit is sick. It is. Yeah, it's a great feeling. (laughs) Um, Transversely, this fucking sucks. What has sucked for you lately? For me personally, again, I've been shiny hunting this fucking Oricorio in Pokemon Ultra Sun for like three fucking weeks now. And it just refuses to be shiny. And so that has really been fucking killing the vibes around me uh, Dude, so and I am so I love Pokemon mm-hmm. um, I I'm gonna date myself here but I played the the I played blue red and yellow when they first came out when I was a kid and like those are my favorite fucking things and then once they started adding more I kind of got older and grew out of it sure. uh, and then the end of last year I got um Fuck, what is it called? Um, is it Sword and Shield? Yeah, Sword and Shield. And yeah, uh, I, w- I fell back in love with it. Um, yeah. That said, I don't know what a fucking shiny Pokemon is, and I don't know... <laughs> I don't know what significance it has, one, and two, why they're so difficult to find, and that type of shit. So enlighten could, me, please. I could. There could be a whole episode of me <laughs> talking about the shit because that's what I've pretty much spent a majority of my free time doing for like the last three or four years is hunting shiny Pokemon. Okay. Um, 
at, at its at its core, a shiny Pokemon is just the same Pokemon, but with a different uh, color palette, like a different color scheme to them. Okay. So, like for instance, like a Charizard, shiny Charizard is black. Like sick, super cool. Yeah, sick. Some of them look really good. Some of them look absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> like, but the appeal to shiny Pokemon is that they're like mathematically speaking more difficult to encounter by a significant margin. So okay. like shiny Pokemon were introduced in the second generation of games, which is why you wouldn't have yeah. ever come across one in your original playthroughs. Um, and back then it was like one in 8,100 and some odd chances that you would encounter one in the wild. Sure. Um, and then it was cut a little bit, um, in sixth gen, well, a lot of it, because now it's like one in four thousand ninety six. Okay, that you'll like go in if you just go into the grass and encounter a Pokemon. Like that's your base chance that you'll have a shiny Pokemon there. No shit. And like, there's a bunch of different methods that you can go about um, to lessen those odds to make them weighted in your favor more. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how I spend a lot of my free time is doing that. And I have, I'm working on a shiny living Dex, which is one of every shiny Pokemon. So even sure. like in the evolutionary family. So like I have a shiny Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard. So I have the whole family. So I hunted that three times to have the That's whole family. Fucking nuts! Oh, so yeah. if you okay, so if you find a so you say you find a, a, a shiny Squirtle, it'll evolve mm-hmm. into a shiny Wartortle and then a shiny Blastoise. Yes. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it does it like revolutions. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, let me, are there stats like boosted or anything? Are there? Is there anything that makes them special other than their color palette? Just the color palette. It's I mean, so it's just bizarre. Like, it's just like the the flex. You know what I mean? If you can get a cool shiny, well, and there are people that do that'll like breed Pokemon for competitive. You know, um, to breed for IVs, and there are people that will. You know, breed for perfect IV shinies and stuff like that. But I'm—I don't even do that. I'm not into like competitive or battling. I am like strictly—I want to find the the best way to shiny hunt this Pokemon, and then I'll do it. Um, and yeah, this this just in in particular this Oricorio that I've been hunting has just been driving me up a fucking wall. Like it just won't be a different color. It's it's really obnoxious. I wish it would just be shiny already so I could do something else. That's, yeah, that's dedication, dude, because, God, I know how difficult it is to try and find just any, say you're looking for any particular Pokemon, and that's difficult in itself, so finding a special one, that's, yeah, yeah, and then the breeding thing, too, I don't know anything about it at all, um, I mean, I understand how breeding works, but, yeah, from a fundamental, like, environmental science. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. I know how stuff breeds. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you pee in a girl and then they yeah, get pregnant, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> um, okay, so, that, yeah. Well, I hope that one pops up for you soon. Thank you. Because that's... You too, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Um, this fucking sucks. I am going to bum that out significantly. Uh, I cannot... 
<laughs> I am on a new round of medication, and I can't tell if it's working or not. And I, d- <laughs> uh, it's uh, not quite as interesting as a shiny Pokemon, but uh, I don't know what's going on in my brain, and I don't know how to convey what's going on. Either. Oh yeah, that so, sucks. That um, sucks. yeah. So that fucking sucks. How long? Um, when did you start the new medication? So I started this three weeks ago. Uh, it was supposed to kind of give me an idea of what I would be dealing with in three to five days, and I notice I've noticed side effects from it, but I don't notice. I don't know. So I, I'm just gonna. I, I have ADHD, and I am uh, trying to um, pretty much hone that in. So I'm taking uh, extended-release Adderall, and I feel like I can focus better somewhat, but I also... I feel like everything is just amplified. Like, if, if my base level for everything is here, I feel like everything is just up here now. Um, I can focus on certain things a little bit better, but I'm also more fucking anxious, and I'm yeah, that's... so sad for no fucking reason, and like I don't know. So, um it, yeah. I hope that resolves itself, or you know <laughs> gets better in some capacity, because that sucks. Brain stuff sucks. It's the worst. It really does. Um, I I went through a whole round of... uh, My last round of medications and stuff was like a year long of different antidepressants and uh, mood stabilizers and shit. And um, that was when I was just uh, clinical depression and severe depression and everything. And now since... That was three years ago. Since then... I have now been diagnosed ADHD, um, OCD, and uh, bipolar two. So um, I don't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, I think a lot of that is just sort of playing like chemical cocktail for a little while. Yeah, it's trial and like, error, and yeah, it's so weird, and I it's. I don't know. I know that can be super duper discouraging, you know, just trying to trying to fix it and shit not working. But you just have to keep at it. That and therapy. Therapy is super duper important. So I don't know if it's the I, I, I'm sure certain things don't help with it, but therapy for me has never been beneficial. Um, I've tried four different therapists over. Um, the course of the years, and uh, I never... It does not do anything for me. I always feel like I'm just... Like, right now, I feel like I'm just venting to someone about how I feel, and nothing ever comes of that. And I'm not sure if it's a... just a fundamental misunderstanding of what therapy is. I'm not sure if it might not be right for my personality. I'm not sure if I just have to have things rewired and me talking through things isn't necessarily going to help any of that. Or I'm not sure if I just haven't found the right therapist. And it were all of the above. And um, 
that has been the most discouraging part for me because sure. uh, I, I know how beneficial therapy is for the majority of everybody I talk to. Um, so that makes me, I, it makes me feel like a fucking freak because I don't get any benefit from it or haven't yet. Um, I mean, so have you only tried like talk therapy? Like, is that the, so I've done, I've done two have been talk therapy and two have been, um, Oh, I can't remember the term for it. Um, it's more like intensive uh, talking about like your childhood and shit like that. And I don't know gotcha. if it's... I don't remember what the term is called. Um, but that has not been beneficial. Either. If anything, those just make me more fucking upset. And I'm not sure if yeah. I needed to continue to follow through with those things and get through the things that were making me upset, but... I was just becoming more increasingly more yeah bothered well, every time. So or say were you were you medicated and everything while you were doing for some therapy? of those therapy t- uh, stints? Yes, for some of them no. Yeah, like, cuz I know a lot of the times it's like your best outcome is going to be like a combination of like medication can only do so much for you. Yeah. And then, you know, like any sort of therapy will only do so much for you as well. You know, if if it's a chemical imbalance in your brain, like that has to be taken care of. But then there's also behaviors that you pick up, you know, while being mentally ill that, you know, can stick with you even through medication. And so that's how therapy has helped me a lot, at least is like talking through that, but it's also not for everyone. And that's why there are different kinds of therapy. So, so I was told that, and from the research I've done too, um, that uh, immersion therapy is really good for people with OCD because um, it kind of helps rewire your brain and how you deal with... Uh, so the one therapist I spoke to, he put it to me this way. It was, um, with OCD, you kind of... Like, your brain tells you that there's immediate danger... And there just isn't. And there's some disconnect there. And this immersion therapy is supposed to help you kind of rewire your brain into realizing that those signals might be being sent, but that there's no immediate danger present and that things are okay and you don't have to fucking have a breakdown every time you feel those things. Um, But that therapy was way fucking expensive, even with my insurance. And, uh, I, that's the, other, that's the other issue with trying to figure out yeah. anything with mental health is that it also costs money and that can just be an added stressor onto it's everything else. They're worse. It's, it's such I'm, a system. It really is. I know and it's hard I, to not become just a total defeatist about it. Cause I've been there, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. I don't have money to fix any of this shit. That just makes me feel worse. Um, yeah, I, I like to think that I'm at a good place um, with a lot of things going on uh, right good. now, m- mostly with relationships and um, how I've been dealing with people. Um, that has been great lately, and I feel like doing this podcast and uh, just the band has helped that tremendously. That I'm the best good. I've ever been with that. Um, in other aspects... It's 
the complete opposite. And um, yeah, the the debt factor. I'm already in debt, and the thought of going into more debt to do something that might not help me is yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's trying, and uh, it's rough, but we're good. Yeah, just keep on chugging along. That's all you can do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a- anybody out there listening, if you're feeling or uh, resonating with these things and you're feeling alone or shitty about it, reach out, please. Because um, uh, that's... I, I know I'm not alone, but I feel alone. And um, yeah, reach out if you ever need it. So that fucking sucks. Uh, recent jams. What have you been listening to the last day or two? Well, I mean, the new Hornbill song for one. Yeah, come on. Um, and I don't know. I, I really like uh, Charlie XCX just dropped a new song. And I think that song is really fucking good. I don't know if you've ever gotten into her stuff. but So I haven't listened to anything recently, but I maybe three or four years ago. Um, I had a stint with her, and she's just off the wall, fucking creative. She's like yeah. kind of like she reminds me of like a new Bjork, but not as um, maybe not as intense. Yeah, I love the I loved like all the the hyper pop aspects of her her last couple projects, and then this this one sounds like it's very like eighties inspired, like eighties okay. synth poppy, and, and I'm I, definitely I gonna have to listen then. Yeah, so I've been I've been jamming that out the last couple of days uh, yeah, pretty consistently. She's too creative for her own good, um, and yeah, I, I love Charlie. She's she's just fantastic. She's one of those artists that um, I feel like things don't come across to the majority of music listeners the way that the intent goes into them. Um, same thing with like Poppy. Like Poppy, I love she Poppy. is. Yeah so fucking talented but like it, it's not palatable for a lot of people yeah um and we, the band does like this thing where we'll each recommend an album each month safe. we've sort of fallen off a little bit on it but that's what i had uh, a charlie xcx album that everybody had to listen to not that long ago and most people were like most of the band was like what the fuck why would you have us <laughs> listen to this I was like, I love this record, you know, this is one of my favorites. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like you either get it and it resonates or you don't and you yeah. don't hard. You know what I mean? It can be really. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it, it, like I said, it's, it's the Bjork factor. There's so much fucking talent and inspiration there, but like it just isn't a lot of it isn't palatable to a lot of people. And um, yeah. Because yeah. Char- Charlie should be fucking bigger, um, Poppy should be big- Bjork should be bigger, um, but sure. yeah. Um, my recent jam. So uh, I don't know if you know the band Choice Coin, um, but uh, they're a Salt Lake band, kind of mathcorey, um, cool. kind of screamoy, and uh, Ryan and I actually went and saw them Friday night in Salt Lake, um, and uh, they're just incredible um 
such a good live show, and then I've just been jamming their recording since. So, um, shout out to uh, those guys. Choice Coin is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out. For yeah, sure. they're great. Um, cool. I woke up with this. What have you woken up with in your head? Whether it's a song or movie or anything. I don't know. I like. I have consistently woken up with like every song from the newest Bo Burnham special stuck in my head. Like, <laughs> since I saw it. Who else said that? Um, maybe it was St. Judas. Uh, somebody said uh, yeah. Bo Burnham songs too. I, I mean, his it's it's an incredible special, and I think the music is just super duper good, um, even beyond like a comedic level. So I, I wake up with that stuck in my head like all the time. Gotcha. <laughs> so that would probably be my go-to answer for that as of late. Dude, so I <laughs> this morning I woke up with this song in my head. I'm gonna sing it and see if you notice it. I'm gonna feel like a real fucking loser if you don't know it. But and it's just like the ocean under the moon. Yeah, it's yeah. the same yeah, as the awesome. emotion that I get from you. That's a um, classic. Fucking Rob Thomas and Santana. Yeah, Carlos Santana on the guitar. Come on. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I, I woke up with that in my head. I woke up and I was like, man. It's a hot one, bam, bam, like seven <laughs> inches from the midday sun, bam, bam. I was like, "Let's go!" It's a good fucking song. It's <laughs> a good one to wake up with in your head. Yeah, it's gonna be a good day. <laughs> um, Shinfo, give me some random shitty info. Uh, I had to fucking two days ago. I was scheduled at my job at Speedway from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., but they just didn't fucking schedule anybody after me, so I had to stay there until 10 p.m., and I was, like, the only cashier from 3 o'clock to 10 p.m. That's my random shitty info, is fuck that day, and I'm glad it's over. Uh, Speedway, what is that? Uh, it's, like... Um, I don't know what the equivalent would be for you. It's like Sheets and Wawa, where it's kind of oh, like the, Maverick. the mega convenience store. There you go. Yeah, whatever that has food and gas and all yeah. the snacks in the world. Yeah. Gotcha. God, I miss a good Sheets and Wawa run, man. Oh, dude, Sheets is the shit. Speedway food kind of fucking sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like a two-minute walk from my house, so it's super easy for me. Yeah, I miss... um. Uh, I miss a good sheets and water run. Um, it just hits different. Well, Maverick is great out here. Um, we also have come and go out here, which <laughs> I'm sure anyone has seen come and go. Uh, just oh yeah, of the we name, got a but, couple come and goes out here. <laughs> um, but yeah, those, those are good in their own right. But uh, yeah, not quite sheets and Wawa. No, nah. miss that that East Coast love. Sheets is the shit, man. I love sheets. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my shinfo came from uh, a comment from uh, my buddy Kenny, who commented on uh, the the live stream, and it, he was commented on uh, my purple ESP, and he said, "Oh, with that purple ass Prince guitar." And one, I love that comment, and two, um. I love Prince. Uh, I actually saw Prince live at Madison Square Garden with my wife, uh, like right before he died. And wow. 
Um, that was one of the best shows I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. That motherfucker was on another level. Yeah. And, um, yeah, rest in peace, Prince. Uh, but yeah, that all stemmed from my, my lavender purple, uh, ESP. So thanks, Kenny. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, okay. Give someone credit who's been killing it for you lately. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of people that have been killing it for us lately. You know, um, Jake from Cloud Surf, they have done a lot of really great stuff for us. So, shout outs to them. Um, again, Jake Checkaway and Jesse Cannon helping us with the mixing and mastering of, of the last album that was instrumental to how it sounds now. So, like, major shout out to them. And then just like the rest of the boys in the band that can't be here today. Because uh, they have they have other things they got to do. I mean, it's just they're like my best friends, and we, I wouldn't be able to to do this without them, obviously. So they're all just the best, and I love them. Good calls. Uh, I am going to give my buddy Cameron credit this week. Um, Cameron is uh, he's a Salt Lake guy. He is one of my best friends ever. Uh, I haven't seen him in a long time, mainly because of COVID and because of how hard this motherfucker works. Um, he uh, he and his wife have uh, two kids, and uh, he just he doesn't want her to have to work, so he works his fucking ass off for the family, and um, it's just it's super inspiring. And at the same time, like, I, I want, I tell him this all the time, but like, I, I want him to be home more, um, for his wife and his kids. Um, and for me too, I'm going to be selfish. Um, <laughs> I, I love you so much, Cameron. I don't know if you're going to hear this, but, um, I hope that you're doing incredible. Um, and, uh, I hope I see you soon and I hope that, um, you and your family are happy and healthy and I love you, buddy. Um, okay. Uh, did you want to listen to anything? Hmm. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Why don't you give me something? Why don't you show me something? Need something. Um, oh shit. Let's see. Normally I cue something up, but, um, let's see. So what have I watched? Like, dude, all I've been watching lately is fucking, uh, like, late 90s WWF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, running through every episode of Raw, and um, I started in 1996, and I'm on... I'm somewhere in the end of 1998 right now, um, and that is the majority of what I've been watching. I'm trying to find anything on YouTube that... I just watched like a bunch of Rocket League videos and I watched uh, Do you play, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. Although I haven't been I haven't been playing very much since season four started. Um I haven't either actually. Yeah, that and then fucking I don't know, have you ever watched Jim Can't Swim? Jim Can't Swim? Yeah. I don't think I have. He does like uh criminal psychology and he does like um breakdowns of interrogations and stuff. Okay. It's super duper interesting. Super interesting. 
So I, I am so indecisive that I can't pull anything up. So we'll, we'll, we'll skip that because it's going to take me for fucking ever to find something. Um, let's just say uh, listen to fucking Over the Weather and listen to the new Hornbill song. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I ain't going to do it for you. So <laughs> just go do it yourself. Um, plugs. So... Uh, over the weather, obviously, where can we find you, and uh, what's the best way to follow you guys and uh, love on you? Yeah, I mean, best way for, for follows is definitely Twitter and Instagram. Um, we are on Facebook as well, but Facebook is kind of a cesspool. So, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me to make a Facebook, and I was like, I'm not going to make a fucking Facebook. Yeah. Like, I've been on Facebook for years. Um, I don't. And I don't do that. I don't use my like. I have a personal Facebook, but I don't fucking use it. Um, but if Facebook is your jam, we're on there. Um, music streaming, like you can find us everywhere on anything. Like we're up on all the stuff. But big plugs. We still have some of our second press tapes up on on CloudSurf's website. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have hats and koozies up on our band camp Um, so you know if you feel so inclined you can you can support us on there Um, everything's going to come with some really funny stickers that we have so we'll we'll load you up with stickers because we bought a ton of them yeah uh, that's that's pretty much it just go listen to some music you know check us out let us know what you think all that good stuff absolutely um so yeah, uh, thanks Dixon. I appreciate you. Um, not that it wasn't awesome talking to you, but I, I one day would love to talk to the rest of everybody too. Yeah, um, And uh, yeah, everybody go listen to Over the Weather. Um, thanks for watching and or listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>